Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome aboard the Athletics Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets with Tim McMaster, Zach Rosenblatt, and Marissa Dunn. Can't wait! Just when we thought there was something to look forward to over the season's final month, it all goes up in smoke in Miami. The Jets will miss the playoffs for the 13th straight season. We'll discuss that, what it means for Robert Sala, what it means for Joe Douglas and the rest of this organization. Also, Continuing our holiday push for five stars. So get your five stars reviews in on Apple. Say something nice. Say something funny. Say whatever you want. Just give it five star reviews. We're going to read those. I think next week, Zach, how are you doing? How was Miami? So Samantha came out with me because, you know, when you plan the Miami trip in December, you hope for good weather. And then it rained almost not the entire weekend, but Friday and Saturday. We got we spent yesterday going around town a little bit and she got to be on her own on Sunday. But um the weather was very disappointing because I usually very much look forward to that trip this time of the year. But, um, you know, at least we got to see a good football. Oh, wait, never mind. <laughs> um, so this just came into the chat. If you're checking us out live on YouTube, we appreciate that from Vince Lonto. Do you guys ever pity folks like us who follow this team for free? LOL. Vince, I don't know how long you've been listening to this show, but that's basically what we're based on is, yeah. is feeling feeling bad for the fans who cover this team for free. And and um, that's why we try to be here and let people vent and get in that comment section and, and complain and all that stuff and bring you the information that we have. But absolutely, um, we feel terrible for all the, the listeners that, that watch this team when things are bad. And we kind of celebrate with you when things are good, too. So um, that's that's all part of the fun here of the Can't Wait podcast. All right, let's let's jump into things. Obviously, Zach, 30 to nothing. It wasn't pretty. You could say it was embarrassing, which is interesting because last Friday on the show, it was the morning after the Thursday night football game, the Chargers embarrassed by the Raiders. And we knew Brandon Staley was on the clock at that point. Later that day, he was let go along with the general manager for L.A. And we talked about the fact that, oh, yeah, that's what it looks like when a coach loses the locker room. The Jets aren't there. We said the Jets aren't there yet. Robert Sala has done a good job. Jeff Albrecht has done a good job of keeping this defense locked in. And this team has continued to play hard. And then two days later, we get that (laughs) performance in Miami. So... I mean, we're not on the clock here waiting, but things have changed in less than a week since we last did this podcast as far as I think how Robert Sala and Joe Douglas, not how they're viewed, but I think how they're viewed as far as next season goes. Yeah, I, you know, just about every way that performance was damning for Robert Sala, I think in particular, because, you know, you can talk about talent on the roster constructed and it will get into that with Joe Douglas. Cause it's obviously a big part of this, but effort and, you know, pride, like all that stuff. Like they did not play like a team that had much pride or, you know, 
energy or effort and I, I or it didn't seem like there was a plan I should say I, I don't even want to put it entirely on the players frankly um I, I don't think they played great and I think even DJ Reed admitted this and we'll get into the comments from the locker room like the effort definitely went down as the game went on but there didn't seem to be like it didn't seem like the coaches planned them for anything that happened on Sunday it I don't know what they did over the last week um none of the momentum they had in the second half against Texans carried over it was as if that week never happened um, and it's and it's a very poor reflection on the head coach in particular, also the offensive coordinator. But there's only so many more ways we can criticize Nathaniel Hackett. Like Robert Sala is the one running this team and his team did not look prepared for that game. And that's not the first time it's felt like that. They, they're the worst first quarter team in the NFL. When you're bad in the first quarter, that is a sign of coaching because the first 15 plays are scripted. You go over them all week. Robert Sala is very adamant that he likes to hand the keys off to the offensive and defensive and special teams coordinators. But like, you're the head coach. If the offense is this bad, you have to step in. And he, he's letting Nathaniel Hackett run this offense into the ground and frankly, the team into the ground to a degree. So I, I get the impression that Stala and this regime is still operating under the assumption that they're returning. I think they still have belief and confidence in that. And I think that's why you've seen, I mean, I think some of Salah's comments have been, frankly, like baffling to me as a head coach, you you know, after the game, he pretty much blamed the offensive line, which you don't really see head coaches do that. Usually you want to, whether you believe it or not, you need to go to that podium and say, this is on me. I'm the one that runs this team. We were not prepared to play today. And instead he kept saying, when you, you know, one of the first questions was, was that an embarrassing performance? He says, yeah, when you, when you get beat up front like that, yeah, it's it's not great. Like, and he kept alluding to the offensive line. Like, that that just blew my mind. And that was the that, and then the comments in the locker room immediately after that were alarming to me. And again, the sign of a I don't know that the locker room is fractured or that he has lost it 100 percent completely, but uh, it's heading in that direction. I alluded to this in my story after the game. Like Brandon Staley, I think we talked about this the other day. He had a comment like a couple weeks before he was fired. Like, you'll know the locker room has been lost or whatever the quote was when we get blown out of the building. And then they were blown out of the building two weeks later, he was fired the next day. I don't know what it would take for Salah to get fired. I do know that the Washington commanders are a very bad football team with their coaching staff on the way out. And if they lose to Washington on Sunday, I do not see a scenario where he survives. I, I just can't see any way that Woody Johnson would be okay with the way they're being talked about. I know Woody and his family reads social media and sees the things that are being said that the Jets are a laughing stock again. And this will be the second straight year that a Robert Sala coach team has gotten worse as the season has progressed, not better. They're, they've been at their best at the beginning of the season and they get worse at the end. And that is not a good sign. Um, you know, maybe it's something they're doing in training camp or I don't know what it is, but um Last year, we lauded him for keeping everything together when there was a lot of stuff. Even through that losing streak, I thought he did a good job. Um, you know, there's some I have some opinions on why maybe that that has been lost. I, I won't necessarily say all of them right now. I'll save that for a later date. But I, I don't know that the message is still resonating the way it used to. And we'll find out. I think when a team is eliminated from the playoffs a few games before the end of the season, you really find out how committed this group is to that coach because – it's going to be effort-based. It's going to be guys. All of a sudden, if they start popping up in the injury report and they don't want to play and things like that, like you're going to kind of see that this group doesn't really want to go and fight for their coach. Uh, and I think that's what we're going to have, we're going to learn over the next three weeks. I think I don't think Sal is fired right now. I I do think he can still 
get to the end of the season, get into next season. And I think they, they can all promote the idea that with Aaron Rodgers there, we're going to be better. I think he's promoting that. I think he believes that. I think he believes that they're a team that would have won a lot more games with him. And, you know, he's probably right. But ultimately, like you coach the guys that you have. And, you know, we obviously talked to Marissa a lot about the Browns. I think they're the best example of why I was going to bring that up next. Yep. That, why it's kind of BS to use the excuses of the O-line, the quarterback, like the, the Browns have dealt with all that. Maybe not. So the offensive line co- conversation is complicated. So the Browns base offensive line is better that like the talent is significantly better than the Jets had before everybody got hurt. But the Browns great offensive line got hurt and their backups are still doing their job. They've played four quarterbacks this year, including PJ Walker, Dorian Thompson, Robinson, and Joe Flacco. And they're nine and five. Um, but even beyond the Browns who are no a good job either. Yeah. Or Ch- no Nick Chubb. And they're a good comparison because they also have a great defense, by the way, even better than the jets. Um, but even beyond them, you look at the Colts, Gardner Minshew's, you know, Anthony Richardson goes down at the beginning of the year, Gardner Minshew steps in. I don't think they have a great front or at least they haven't in the last few years. They're in the playoff contention. The Vikings have been an absolute, you know, turnstile of guys at quarterback, you know, Josh Dobbs looked good for a bit. Then he left and now Nick Mullins, had one of the worst interceptions I've ever seen the other day, and they still won. Um, Justin Jefferson's missed most of the year. They're in playoff contention. And there's one other team I'm blanking on, um, Bengals. Yeah, Bengals lost Joe Burrow. Um, he's missed a bunch of games this year. I can't remember how many, uh, maybe five, something like that. And Jake Browning, 4-1. and one. Uh, I mean, the Bengals made the Super Bowl with a bad offensive line. And so I, I don't know. The excuses are, are the thing that, like, bugs me the most. Like, I just – you're not the first team to lose guys. And I get four plays into the season is a unique circumstance and they put everything they had into Rogers, but it just seems like they've been resigned to their fate since then. And, you know, they, they were able to pull out some wins because their defense with that bills game and the Eagles game, which are the two best wins, maybe of the Salah era, uh, if you consider the, the circumstances, but they, it, they, it just seems like they just washed away this year and, and focused on next year, whether they want to admit it or not. And I think that's, I think that in particular is probably the thing that, some guys in the locker room would probably not be happy about, I would say. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and the, the thing that I continue to not understand is, okay, that's fine that your plan going into the season, I think, was Aaron Rodgers is going to be our starter and Zach Wilson is going to watch him all year long and improve by watching and not playing and, and learning from a Hall of Fame quarterback. That's fine. But when the quarterback gets hurt on the fourth play of the game, yeah, that's when you have to change that plan unless you're resigned to the season being a failure like you have to you know what zach wilson is you you told the world what you think of zach wilson 
before this all started. So the moment, like, it's probably different if Aaron Rodgers goes down in week 10, right? Like, he, who knows? Yeah. Like, the, the Jets are six and three. Week 10, Aaron Rodgers goes down. Zach Wilson's been watching for 10 weeks. It's late in the game to bring yeah. in someone else. Okay, we'll see what happens. But when it happens on the fourth play of the game, and you know, you've told the world that you don't believe in this number two overall pick, backup quarterback, there were so many options available. And we've seen them because they've all been picked up since then by other yeah. teams yeah. with, you know, Varying results, yeah. Varying results. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. Varying results, right? Like, and, and I've seen, I think Connor said it, like, as good as Joe Flacco has looked for the Browns the last yeah. couple of weeks, how would Joe Flacco look behind this Jets offensive line? Probably awful. But there were other options available as well, and they just didn't go with any of them. And and that's more on Douglas than Salah, but it's, it's just inexcusable. Yeah, well, and, that, and that's... The Douglas part, maybe this is how he transitioned to the Douglas part um, because they can say that the offensive line has been decimated, but you look at it and the left tackle and left guard are guys that started in week one and the center is a guy you drafted in the second round. So three out of the five guys are guys that are supposed to be cornerstones of your offensive line. The fact that they aren't or, you know, if you don't believe in them and Mekhi Beckton was absolutely terrible on Sunday, like he maybe his worst game. I think he has allowed 11 sacks this season. Um you know, th- that was a fun story for a little bit, but I think it's pretty clear he's kind of, over, you know, outmatched at left tackle. Um, but that's a that's on a number one talent evaluation and development. And clearly, you know, maybe Keith Carter wasn't the solution. I don't know. He's had a tough hand dealt to him. But and B- Billy Turner, by the way, was the right tackle. That's who they signed to be the swing tackle. So you sign a swing tackle knowing there's a possibility he might have to start. And that was a bad move. And so. You know, I'm not going to blame Jake Hansen for not being ready because he's a, a practice squad guy who nobody heard of a few weeks ago. Um, but like, you can't say these are you don't have the players because these are the players that you guys invested in and you guys hyped up all offseason and you spent 44 million dollars on Alan Lazard and he's been one of the worst receivers in the NFL. Um, you invested in these in these tight ends. Uh, you signed Dalvin Cook to seven million dollar contract. Like these these are all the players that you guys brought in and you thought that these this was the group that was going to get you to the promised land, whether I was with Rogers or not. Um, and so the fact that you can't figure out how to use any of them just shows that there was some, at some point there was a, you know, a drop in miscommunication or they just fought, they just, everybody just signed these guys and figured, all right, well, Aaron Rodgers will figure it out. Like we don't have, we don't need to come up with our own plan for them because they didn't have a plan for Dalvin Cook. Clearly they didn't, maybe they thought they were going to get more out of Al Lazard. I know they, they can say that they thought they were going to have Corey Davis, but early in the off season, they were planning on cutting him, and then they didn't. And so. You know, this this is uh, Joe Douglas deserves, if not ha- half of the pie of the blame, at least a significant portion of it. Like he absolutely failed this offseason to build a, a roster that can compete. And, and I'm not even saying make the playoffs. Like the fact they're not even competing is the is the worst part. Like I think when you lost Rodgers, I think it was acceptable. You know, I think everybody would have been like, OK, they didn't make the playoffs, but at least they were competing at the end of the season. At least they won seven, eight, nine games, whatever it is. And. This does not look like like even the games that they've some of the games they've won. It's hard to even say that they deserved it. And, you know, you win the games you win. But that Giants game in particular is one you look at where it's like they barely beat a team with negative passing yards. So um, I, I just think it's been a poor reflection of the coaching staff this year. And they they thought that Rodgers would just fix all their ails and he'd make their life a lot easier. And then he was gone and they didn't have a backup plan in any way. And they didn't come up with a backup plan since then. And it, and 
you know, that's on Joe Douglas for not number. I mean, his biggest fault this entire year, no matter what you want to say about his offseason, which is pretty bad, top to bottom. Um, the biggest thing, mistake he made was not going to get a quarterback after Aaron Rodgers got hurt. Like I think everybody agrees with that. They probably would agree in the building. Um, just deciding that they were going to get a mulligan this year was a wild miscalculation in terms of how that would be perceived both internally and externally. One more thing I want to touch on before we move on to the quarterbacks, and that is the the fact that Nathaniel Hackett is still calling plays for this team yeah. because now this didn't necessarily play out, but yeah. Yeah. the Philadelphia Eagles were 10-3 and three heading into the weekend, um, considered a Super Bowl contender, even though they had struggled a little bit the last couple of weeks. But because their defense had struggled at times this year, giving up 30 points in three straight games uh, heading into last night, they actually made the change at play caller. Now, they didn't change the defensive coordinator. Desai is still the defensive coordinator. But they said, you know what? These plays, maybe he's running a good ship, but these plays on game day aren't working out. And so Matt Patricia is going to take over the play calling. Um, Now, they lost again last night. So say what you will about that. But they... On a good team that is playoff bound, they said something's not right. It needs to be fixed. And this team just refuses to do that. And something we brought up, you don't have to not make Nathaniel Hackett the offensive coordinator. He can stay the offensive coordinator, find someone else to call the plays because they're not working. And that's what happened in Green Bay. He wasn't the play caller mm-hmm. with Aaron Rodgers for the Packers. He was the offensive coordinator. I That is the other thing that just I just can't wrap my head around, Zach, how this is still a thing at this point Hackett's inability to adjust or do anything creative like he's had he they celebrated the Broncos game like they won the Super Bowl even though they didn't they didn't have a great game plan that day is the only two games this year where he's had a creative play calling um situation was the Chiefs game and the Texans game and he comes out of the Texans game and he just puts together an absolute dud of a game plan against the Dolphins like it was frankly like like I how do you not Garrett? So we're, we're gonna, we haven't gotten to the locker room stuff yet. Um, Garrett Wilson sh- has shown over and over again how good he is, and they have no idea how to scheme him open. They do not get him, move him in motion. Like I don't does Nathaniel Hackett know how to do these things? Like I, there's no evidence that he does based on how they've called plays. Like Garrett Wilson is watching across the field, and the Dolphins are scheming Jalen Waddle open against maybe the best cornerback room in the NFL. You know, he did burn DJ Reed on the one, which doesn't happen very often. But anyway, we're, we see all these teams that get their receivers the ball. They find a way to do it. And I get the offensive line, like, was as bad as I, c- I can remember. There was plays where Zach Wilson was in there. We haven't even touched on Zach Wilson yet. We will. Where he was, th- the entire defensive line was on him pretty quickly. But that's why you design plays to get Garrett Wilson the ball. That's why you design plays where the running back or an extra blocker is out there to to help Mekhi Becton when he's struggling. You chip a guy, whatever it is, like, he just does not adjust. He does not come up with, he does not put them in a position to succeed, even if it's not there. Uh, and it's, it's just maddening. And they're not going to cha- make a change because they're scared of, you know, the, the real person who's running this team. And I, uh, it, it's, it's offensive to watch this offense, frankly. And I feel bad for Jets fans because they've had some of the worst offenses in the league for a long time. This might be the worst of them. And that's really saying something. Um, I think statistically they have, like a worse EPA. And I think they're, they're maybe even scoring fewer offensive points per game um, than the, than during the Adam Gase era. I think Robert Sala has had three of the five worst yardage games 
in his tenure. It's with two different offensive coordinators, but three of the five worst yardage games in his tenure in Jets history. And Adam Gase never had a yardage game as low as the other day against against the Dolphins. And so the offense is worse than it was with Adam Gase. And um, that's frankly inexcusable. And they, I don't know what those coach meetings are looking like. I don't know if Salah's calling him out or asking him why he's not doing certain things, but they do not change any every week. It's the same thing all the time. And I, I don't have much else to say about it other than I, I, I don't know. How does this guy have this job still? I don't know. You mentioned the locker room. Um, let's talk about that a little bit. Who stood out to you the most as far as comments that, I guess the way to look at it is comments that differed from what we've gotten used to this season, right? Like you kind of know what you're going to get when you go to different players in the locker room after a game, right? Like Garrett Wilson's always there, always frustrated. But like what changed in your mind during this post-game locker room that, because you talked about it in your story on The Athletic. Yeah, you know, I, Al Lazard had one of the most damning quotes, though I, I think a lot of people maybe even internally were um, – offended that he was the one saying it yeah. <laughs> out of all people where he said we were out efforted and not schemed. Um, but it's hard to argue with him. And then, you know, if he was the only one that had said something like that, then you would have been like, okay, um, it's just Alan Lazard being frustrated because he doesn't play or get the ball ever. Um, but then, you know, I asked Garrett Wilson directly if he agreed and he said, yeah, if Alan said it, sure. Um, and then DJ Reed, um, who's can't help but be honest, had a basically his quote like somebody asked if they felt like the the team fought the whole way through and he said to be honest up until the, the midway through the third quarter i thought we did and then from then on it it seemed like you could see on everybody's face how depressed and annoyed they were and i didn't really like the effort the rest of the way and that's those are the kind of quotes when when as i like to say as when they start saying the quiet part out loud that's the first sign of unrest the first sign that a team is turning on their coach and I'm not saying that they have yet, but it is not a good sign for the rest of the way. And it's not a good sign for Robert Sala as like the future leader of this team if if he can't get his guys to even try at the end of the season. And so, like I said, the next three games, especially against Washington, which is a bad football team, um, like that's going to be that, – this is going to be telling of how this team feels about him, frankly. If they can't go out and beat a bad team, then I don't really know what else I have to say about him. Lou Giordano in the chat says, how close are we to Garrett pulling in Elijah Moore, forcing his way off the team? Is the promise of playing with Rodgers next season enough to keep him here? You can see him continuing to talk to yeah. Rodgers on the sideline, which would... Oh, he was getting pretty animated, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I think Garrett is... We've I've raved about him on here. I think he's a genuinely good... He even had some quotes. So it's, it, it's been fascinating seeing him in these post games because there's some where he's just like, dismayed and like speaking quietly and then there's others where like this one he he was legit angry and he still was saying like somebody was at it was about to ask him about how he only had he had his first target in the third quarter and he cut him off and he's like i'm aware um <laughs> he said it not, he didn't say it like an ass but he's he and then the, the rest of the question was said and he's like i don't know what i have to do maybe i need to do something different in meetings maybe i need to be more attentive in practice like he's, he's trying to put it on himself which i think there's some people in that building that could learn a lesson from him um He's but trying to basically – it sounded like he wanted to be the offensive coordinator in those quotes. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I'll scheme something up for myself. Yeah. I'll, I'll do it. Yeah. I, uh, I Again, I, I can't only say it so many ways. I feel bad for him. I, I don't think he's going to demand a trade. I do think he's a loyal person. I, I think he has a great head on his shoulders. Not to say him demanding 
a trade wouldn't be warranted. I, I don't think we've quite reached that. I think the prospect of playing with Aaron next year maybe helps him, but you know, th- it'll be his third year next year. He'll be up for a new contract after that year. Like I, they're running out of time to, to prove to this guy that he should be here long-term. And it's, it's a shame. Like they're wasting a like a generational wide receiver talent, I think. Um, and you can just see it on his face and the way he, he's, he wears his heart on his sleeve. I think the jets have tried to, you know, keep him from mouthing off like media wise. And he's done a really good job of like, not, you know, tra- you know, I think last year he was a little more harsh in his comments at times. Um, and he's, he's having a hard time, like biting his tongue. And I, and I understand it. So I, uh, I, if you're going to do anything, these last three games, feed Garrett Wilson, the ball a million times, like whatever you have to do, scheme the entire offense around getting Garrett Wilson, the ball, whatever else happens around him, whatever, get Garrett Wilson, the ball a lot, get this kid happy. Um, and we'll get into like, maybe who's throwing him the ball and how that'll factor in. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, you really feel for him for sure. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's transition to the quarterback position, which is, as it has been, a mess, but different this week. It always seems to be a little different. Um, Zach, the whole situation was odd, but uh, this team, 103 total yards of offense, 23 rushing. The situation around Zach leaving the game, initially it was said on the broadcast, or CBS, it was dehydration. Then it was said it was a head injury, but not a concussion. Uh, Then finally it was said, that it was a concussion. Now he's obviously in concussion protocols. It was all uh, very confusing. Um, and to kind of shed some light on this, Zach's mom took to social media, I think, to kind of try to explain what was going on. So this is this is the latest from, from Zach's mom on social media saying what's going on with him right now, which doesn't sound very good. So I did want to take a second to thank everybody for your kind messages and your prayers. Yesterday was a little bit rough. Um, Zach took some really, really big hits, and he fought through it and really tried to just stay out on the field. He didn't want to go off. He didn't want to stop playing. So he didn't really tell um, the sideline, the coaches, the trainers, how he was really feeling. And he tried to just to just fight through it and keep going and so he could be out there for his guys. And then finally, um, after one more blow to the head, he really started having problems with blurred vision and his depth perception. And he started really worrying that um, he was actually gonna hurt his team if he stayed out there because he his vision um, was not right. And, and you, can't, you can't play like that. So thank you from the bottom of our hearts for the prayers. We feel you, we see you, and we are so grateful. Take a- <laughs> We need Marissa back. Where is Marissa? <laughs> soon, soon. <laughs> um, so first of all, that sounds terrible, uh, obviously, and hopefully Zach is is feeling better as the week goes on and whether or not it seems like he's not going to be able to play come this week. I would just imagine concussion protocols, it usually takes more than a week, especially yeah. if not only is he in protocols, but he's actually feeling those symptoms that his mom just talked about. But beyond that, 
Zach, how does the communication get like whose fault is this that it was just so confusing? Is it the team? Is it the broadcast for kind of having wrong information out there? Like, I I don't know where it went wrong, but it just it these things only seem to happen to the Jets. <laughs> As I always say, every week you see some shit you've never seen before. That's always what's going to happen with the Jets. Um, yeah, it was. So Jeff Darlington from ESPN was doing a lot of the reporting. Some of it was via the broadcast, but Jeff Darlington was the one that reported via Jets PR is how he cited it, that he had a head injury, but was not necessarily in concussion protocol. Like that was a specific thing. I think he even followed up to make sure. And then everybody on social media is speculating that Zach decided he didn't want to play again, um, which based on if what his mom said is true. And I have no reason to believe it's not like I, the Jets haven't really been very giving of the information going on here. So this is all we have to go on. Um, he had a concussion the whole time. And, but I don't know. And, and Salah said that there was a spotter that called him out and that's why he had to retreat to the locker room and get checked. But if he wasn't in concussion protocol, then like nobody seems to really have answers. And so I don't, I don't really know what happened. It was a very strange sequence. Um, but yeah, to your point, like based on how the NFL has done concussions this year, uh, I guess if he's in concussion protocol, I guess that means he has one. So yeah, I usually the guys have missed the week after that every single time. Um, and I do wonder how much Zach is going to want to want to rush back in um, behind this offensive line coming off concussion with his future on the line. Um, and so I, I do wonder if we've seen the last of him. I, I can't say for sure that we have, but um, yeah, I'd be surprised if he played this week at this point. And that, and that gets in the question of who's going to be playing next. And I think I have a pretty good idea who plays on Sunday. The last two weeks are a conversation about, you know, the big man. Um, <laughs> well, uh, let's start. Let's start with Sunday. And, yeah. you know, it seems Trevor Simeon. I mean, Salah has said that. So it's pretty clear that it's yeah. not going to be Aaron Rodgers on Sunday, which always made sense because then you have the Thursday night game. And that seems like you're asking for trouble bringing Rodgers back for Sunday, Thursday. Um, but we keep going back to the the commanders game and playing Washington and this being a must win for this coaching staff and front office. And suddenly you're going into a must game with Trevor Simeon at quarterback. Yikes. Yeah. It's uh, that's why I'm a, I'm a little concerned about their ability to even beat the Washington, frankly. Um, I, I, I just want to say unrelated, but boy green just shouted out my hoodie, Samantha. Um, I told her that somebody had a comment earlier about, we should talk about her more than the jets. And then she came on and she, and she, and she criticized my outfit. She said, I need to let her pick my outfit. So if somebody likes it, I, somebody complimented my hat earlier. So I think, I think I did. Okay. But, um, but yeah, uh, Trevor Simeon, um, I mean, he hasn't looked very good in these two games that he's played um, to be frank. Like, yeah, I, I don't really have much. I frankly didn't watch a lot of his throws the other day. Cause the game was already out of hand and Connor and I went down, um to the locker room area pretty early and we saw zach wilson going to the x-ray room um because we wanted to see what was going on down there and we wanted to see guys walking in the locker room um trevor simeon's the quarterback this offense which is already one of the worst in the league i can't see it being much better unless he somehow pulls something out of his butt to go off against washington which he wouldn't be the first guy to do that because the giants no matter who their quarterback it seems like tend to go off against washington daniel jones has like nine of his career, like 12 wins or however many wins he has his career. Most of them are against Washington. So we'll see. But assuming Rodgers isn't active on Sunday, it would be Simeon and then Brett Rippian would be the backup, which, you know, 
exciting stuff. I know. I know that's really, I'm sure you guys are tripping over yourselves to try and go to that game on Sunday on Christmas Eve. Especially when I was saying last week, how excited I was to see the last month of Zach Wilson coming off the Texans game. And now it's just the the complete opposite. That's that's the season in a nutshell though, right? It's like, it's just like depressing. Anytime there's like a little glimmer of like, Oh, maybe there's something interesting here. Just like the worst thing possible happens the next week. (laughs) Every time, like it's just been a little bit up one step forward and like 10 steps backward each time. And it's, it's, for as weird as last year was, this has been one of the craziest football seasons I've ever covered, and not like in a good way. We have we will learn more about Rodgers this week, though, right? The the deadline is there to make him active. Not to play, yeah, but to yeah, actually Wednesday. make him active is Wednesday. Yeah. So I, I would think they make up they activate him, and that doesn't necessarily mean he'd play at all this season necessarily. I just think if he's cleared even if he's not necessarily if he's but if he's clear for 11 on 11 which i i think all the reporting has been he will be this week you this at least allows you to let him practice with the team for the next three weeks um get some reps and then you know and we can maybe this is how we transition into the rogers thing um because uh sala had a comment about him like i i, I wouldn't say zero percent that he plays but the impression i get is that he won't especially because they were eliminated and it's not worth the risk but i i know for fairly certain that Aaron Rodgers does want to play hundred percent wants to play because I, I think a lot of this is he's worked really hard to come back and now it's like all for not in a lot of ways. So I, uh, I think he wants to prove that he did it. Um, I, I heard them talking on good morning football this morning, how they're like, if Rodgers comes back and plays a game, maybe he should become back player of the year for a comeback within the same season. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, so I'm, uh, I don't think he's going to play. I, I've been saying that, probably longer than most people i i've I've been skeptical because of the risk i think in the last couple weeks especially after that texans win i'm like shoot if they upset the dolphins i think he's coming back and then they got absolutely destroyed so i think it's a very very small chance a non-zero chance that he comes back is how i'd phrase it but i don't see it happening but you should play what robert sala said because it's it's relevant yeah this was sala on espn radio he was basically asked like Hey man, the offensive line was was really abysmal. <laughs> like, how do you put Aaron Rodgers back there? And Salah's reaction is is really telling at this point. This was actually we we should give Boy Green a little credit for stealing yeah. it from his Twitter. But Robert, along those lines, and again, it's a hypothetical possibly. But do you think that Aaron, at this stage of not playing football for three months, and your most mobile and elusive quarterback couldn't finish the game yesterday, can Aaron go out there and protect himself behind this offensive line right now? Um, shoot, he's, he's a hall of famer. I'm I'm sure he'd be able to figure it out. (laughs) But Robert, along those lines, and again, there's two, there's a few things. There's a very short answer. Um, but I think you can like, that uncomfortable laugh laugh at the end, like just, oh my God. Yeah. So there's the uncomfortable laugh at the end, which is when people, which you could talk to like experts and they will tell you, right. That like, that's what people do when they're very unsure of what they're saying or they're <laughs> nervous. That's like a yeah. clear reaction. Yeah. Uh, the, he starts the answer with, um, which is like those same people would tell you that's when you don't know what to say. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Cause you're buying um, yourself time is the idea. Yeah. And then to like defend the possibility of a guy coming off a torn Achilles tendon with a terrible offensive line as just like, well, he's a hall of famer. He'll figure it out. Is I just like, I don't, it's almost like Salah had checked out of the interview and wasn't really paying attention. Like I don't even, 
Well, that's I don't like, know. He has, I'd say those ESPN radio interviews have been tough on him because he had to, I plead the fifth thing about Zach Wilson a while back. <laughs> um, so I, I would he say he also gets paid for those. I think though, right? Like, yeah, I, I imagine that's why yeah. he does that. I imagine that's so. why he does them. So I pay, a paid hit is. I feel like how we should reference the Rogers on uh, Pat McAfee too, frankly. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I imagine that because of all the noise around Salah right now and his job security that he probably wants Rogers out there so he can be like, see, look, we're good with a good quarterback. Like I, right. I'm fairly certain that he probably wants Rogers to play. I don't know how much power he has in this situation. I know that Rogers, if he has his druthers, will play. But will the Jets step in? Will Rogers people step in? That's the big question. Um, but yeah, I, I the, my takeaway from that was that like, yeah, you know, all the things you said, but also that Salah wants him to play. I think, and he doesn't really know how to say it. So because he's been trying to, for a while, he was like doing the whole oh he's he sacrificed so much for us. We're so happy that he's coming back. We cross that bridge when it gets there. Then it's gone to like where he tries to avoid answering it at all now. So. Um, we'll see. I, I mean, tomorrow is going to be the big day, obviously, if he's activated um, and he starts practicing fully and then he'd have to talk to us. So yeah, a lot of, that's the pretty much the that's only enough thing to, look to keep him to. from coming yeah. back right there is having yeah. to talk to you guys. <laughs> no, just Connor. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I feel like Salah is, it's a different point. Like he's gone through a series of saying, you know, bad comments and press conferences. We'll, we'll never forget the receipts, you know, that <laughs> comment like that'll stay with him forever. Um, but I think through all that, he's always also to a degree come across that I think is confident. And this comment does not sound confident. In any I would way. say lately, I don't think he's come across very confident in general, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Um, especially because the criticism has been pretty harsh. And so when he comes out, especially in his Monday morning press conferences with us or Monday afternoon, I should say, um, I think his tone has been a lot more dour than historically has been. Even when they've been losing, he usually put on a good face. And I think he's, uh, I think coaching the Jets has aged him as it would anybody, is what I would say. They say being president ages you like 20 years over four years. And like, I wonder what the, uh, the equation is for coaching the Jets. Point, yeah. I mean, so I saw I saw two photos. Luckily, he had no hair when he took the job. So yeah, I was just saying. Well, I saw two photos of him on Twitter, side to side. It was like when he was hired, and and now where he has like this beard, and um, and I'm sure the photo they chose was on was purposely not like the most flattering necessarily, but it was like the difference is that he looked so much younger back then. <laughs> yeah. All right. Did we uh, have we covered it all here, Zach? Uh, I, I, I guess. So. What are you most looking? for? looking at this week leading up to the game like what are the key and we'll get into it we'll be back on friday yeah. um to preview the the commanders game but like what are the key bumps along the way here this week that you're looking at i mean it's, it's mainly just the rogers thing frankly at this point and in and i guess the the quotes coming out of locker i imagine there won't be many um it's gotten emptier and emptier when we're in there i'm sure that's on purpose um but yeah, like it, what the noise is coming out of this team and their motivation this week. And, you know, they'll probably say all the right things, but until we see it on Sunday, like that's, I'm, I'm, and we'll talk about this more on Friday and maybe we'll try and get a guest of some sort. Um, but the, this Sunday game, I think is going to decide <laughs> in a lot of ways, like if the jobs are safe or not, and if they can come out and look good, then I think they can feel better about going in the next year, but I'm not confident right now. 
Uh, one question just came in the chat from Scott Matranga. Genuine question. Do other teams GM speak to the media more often than Douglas does? I think the answer is no, right? Like it's a genuine, it, I genuine, think more, like I think more yeah, I'd Go. say more of them speak as much as Douglas does. And then frankly, it's, it is an issue because that not an issue, but, and I get why they do it because it makes the head coach take all the bullets. Um, and I think that's why people are always asking why Joe doesn't talk, but I covered the giants. Dave Gettleman was the same way. But if you cover a team like the Cowboys and you have the owner and GM talking to you every week, um, <laughs> yeah. I saw John Schneider, I think, talk to reporters like this recently for the Seahawks. So I, it's There's some teams where they talk more often. But yeah, Joe Douglas is a before the season trade deadline, end of the season, and then the like owners meetings combine draft. draft. Yeah, draft. Yeah. 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 And yeah, I agree. Like a lot of teams. And then some teams, obviously, it's a similar, like the Patriots, when you're talking to Belichick. You're basically you're talking to both, right? The head coach and the, yeah, the guy that's really true. making yeah. personnel decisions. Yeah. So there are teams um, like that as well, uh, but it's not unusual, I would say, to answer your question, Scott, to have GMs not talk much. Um, all right, I think that's going to do it for us. Um, back to the beginning and the and the question we had, we we do feel for the fans, man. It, it stinks, um, but. We're going to keep coming to you. We'll be back on Friday. We'll talk about the commanders and and what to look forward to in that game. What maybe Trevor Simeon can bring to this team that he didn't. It's an opportunity for him to actually start a game maybe, which is interesting. But with all that, we'll also have a guest on. It won't be Dane Brugler yet, although we're we're getting we're close. We're getting close. To time for sure. Um, and we can't wait to talk to everybody again on the Can't Wait podcast coming up on Friday. See you guys.